There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Well, hello, friends. You are in the last session of our Before You Say I Do series, and that is um, this lesson, which we will call Keeping the Passion Alive uh, or Walking in the Favor. Keeping the Passion Alive, Walking in the Favor of Marriage. All right. And uh, excited that you've come this far. And so far, you've listened uh, to several hours of teaching that is going to help you before entering into uh, a marriage relationship and a marriage covenant. Questions that you need to ask. I encourage you, don't take those kinds of questions lightly. It's extremely important that you are diligent to making sure that you are working out to make sure you have the, the best possible relationship that you possibly can. Uh, we understand that it is extremely important that the marriage, uh, marriages rather of the church are successful. Uh, and a successful marriage does not mean a perfect marriage. A successful marriage simply means a marriage that has learned how to weather the storms of life. Now, I want to read from uh, to you rather from uh, Ecclesiastes. Actually, I want you to flip over there with me for, uh, into the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, a book of Ecclesiastes was written by uh, by Solomon, a wise man. It, the book literally means uh, the book of the preacher, the book of the called out. Ecclesia, the root word there, uh, uh, is a word for the church or those that have been called out. And so I want to, uh, and I want us to understand in our studying that a perfect marriage doesn't exist. Um, there's no such thing as any kind of a perfect relationship. Uh, now, relationships can be perfected through love. Matter of fact, the Lord says, the Lord Jesus said, you know, we can be made uh, perfect through love. Uh, and uh, and so we are being perfected through love. But I want to be very clear with you. Don't be looking for your relationship to be perfect. There will be relationships that have certain things or certain caveats or certain issues. The key is finding a good balance. And I want you to go to Ecclesiastes 3. To every time, and verse 1, to everything <clears throat> there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to born, die, plant, and to pluck what's planted, to kill, to heal, to break down, to build up, to weep, to laugh, to mourn, to dance, cast away stones, to gather stones, embrace, refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silent, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. What he's saying is that there is a time for everything. Uh, 
And we've got to understand that in relationships, um, things are going to happen. Life happens. And it's extremely important that we understand that as you're preparing to marry someone, that if you're marrying someone, that the moment life happens, they're going to cut and run. You want to know that now. And so that's why it's good uh, to to sometimes know people and date people for longer periods of time, more than three or four months before you're talking about you want to marry. And the reason for that is very simply because you need to know you need to be able to see a person. We talked about this before in the varying seasons of life. And so it's very important. And so through your relationship, you should have experienced times in your relationship where you are just totally psyched about your relationship. And then guess what? There will be times where you may not be totally psyched about your relationship. You may not feel like, oh, geez, you know, Lord, what am I doing here? You, and that's part of life. The key is remembering that decision that you're saying you're going to make that decision to love and the key is the intention of what you do things you know the worst thing for somebody to say to me is well you know i'm loving you because i told god i love you well you know i don't want you to love me just because of that i want you to love me because you love me uh you know don't do it simply because simply because you're bound by an agreement or simply because you're bound to do so because you said you do so do it because it's in your heart to do do it because it is in your spirit to do don't do it simply because you know there's no other option there and in a relationship in this session talking about keeping the passion alive or walking in the favor of marriage it's important to understand that once you do get married you are going to need to continue to study and continue to build and work on your relationship that's the thing most people don't understand relationships are work again we talked before about in the hebrew days how there was a contract they'd sign between both parties and on that contract it would list out the details and the terms of that relationship and and the terms concerning uh, both families coming together and joining and those kinds of things and it is very important that you understand in your relationships as well that uh, you you've got to continue to work it's an agreement you got to continue to work at that agreement you got to continue to work to make your relationship better let me tell you once you get married and you have a a, a, a wedding day and a wedding night let me tell you everything's not going to be peachy king from that point forward unless you work at making that happen good marriages don't just happen they take work they take time they take energy they take effort they take skill and that skill comes from the word of god it's important that as you're looking at this person you're going to marry that you make sure they've got enough time for a relationship if they're very busy with their work and they barely have time for you now then my friend what makes you think that they're going to have time for you after a relationship it's important to know those kinds of things up front and once you get into that marriage relationship it's important that you make time for one another you need to set a date time you need to set a date night uh, to where you and your spouse are going out and enjoying one another enjoying having a good time you need to set time to where you can pray together every single day families that don't pray together will not stay together and so it's extremely important that you and your spouse pray and if there's children involved that you find a family prayer time i encourage you we've got resources in our e-store that can help you uh, to continue to move forward in the things that god has ordained for you uh, in your relationship once you get married we've got a series uh, that you need to pick up um, that that'll be a really good blessing to you so i want to encourage you 
to avail yourself to the resources that we offer as well as the resources that your local church may offer and other ministries may offer in helping you to develop your relationship. It is all about choices. We choose what it is that we're going to do. And so in your relationship, to keep the passion of life, you not only need to do those things I've mentioned, but you also need to, to have a plan as it relates to your intimacy. Um, don't just expect intimacy to be, uh, you know, well, if you feel his leg kicking you in the middle of the night, well, that means it's time to have some intimacy. No, you need to have an intimacy plan. We're going to plan to be intimate at these times. It is extremely important. Now, I know nowadays everybody wants to be spontaneous and nobody wants to plan that kind of activity. But if, again, you don't plan that activity, you're going to set yourself up to be angry. Again, remember, women are looking for intimacy. Men generally are looking for sex. And so through that, you've got to find a way to meet both of those needs. Your intimacy time does not just mean sex. Your intimacy time means time where she can get her needs met, you can get your needs met, everybody can get everybody's needs met. That's what intimacy is all about. And so it's important that if you're going to keep the passion alive in a relationship, how do these couples that have been married 20, 30, 40, 50 years do it? Well, I guarantee you it involves some hard work. You don't want to be married to somebody for 30 years and say, well, I should have divorced them 28 years ago. That's not the way you want your relationship to be. What fun is that? What kind of life is that? Living together because it's a good business arrangement. Living together simply because you don't want to hurt the kids. And let me say this as well for married couples that may be listening. Um, it is not a good practice if the relationship is sour and the relationship is not fruitful and it's not edifying either party to say, well, we're going to stay together for the sake of the children. The children, first off, are very resilient. And second off, the children have an incredible way of understanding what's going on without you even saying anything. Children sense the discord that's going on in the household. And quite honestly, that's harmful to them because children will look at that and think this is normal. They need to know it's not normal to see couples fight and argue and, and, and all of that. Uh, on a regular, consistent basis. Uh, if you're fighting and arguing about something every day, then you need to stop and stop the insanity. Stop that crazy cycle. Remember the crazy cycle is, is he feels un disrespected and reacts without love. She feels unloved and reacts without respect. Stop that crazy cycle and figure out what's going on inside of your household. And for those of you that are dating or engaged, it is important that you set good examples for your children. It is important that you allow those children to see you functioning in a good and a positive light and in a good and in a positive manner. So you need to do those things to keep the passion alive. Set up date night. You need to talk about issues. You need to set up a time that you're going to be intimate. And you need to have a plan on how on those kinds of things as well. Uh, you need to also up front discuss if you want to keep the passion alive and walk in the favor of marriage. You need to discuss what you're going to do as it relates to children. Many times people don't discuss this at all. And so, you know, he wants five and she wants none and she's got her tubes tied and he didn't know or whatever. You need to discuss those kinds of things up front so that you have an idea of what you're getting into. You need to know whether or not you're marrying someone that wants two kids, marrying someone that wants three kids. You need to know those things up front uh, in that kind of relationship. And so I, I certainly encourage you uh, to do that. Uh, the next thing, you need to plan and get involved. If you all feel that this is what you're going to do, you need to plan and get involved uh, with each other in a, your prayer lives. Uh, and I mentioned this a little bit through the last few sessions, and I want to kind of dive in this a little bit more. 
in your dating stages and in your engagement stages, you want to spend some time praying separately and praying together about is this the will of God that we would, you know, we would have a relationship and we would be together. Again, remember, you don't have time to be wasting on people that aren't going to be long term relationships. If you can't see yourself with someone long term, you need just to just cut and cut and move on now. Because it's a waste of your time. And I want you to to pray separately and pray individually. And your prayer simply uh, could be, Lord, you know, make this clear. Make your will clear to me as it relates to this individual. Remember we talked about people saying, well, we fell in love. We didn't fall in love. This kind of thing. And again, uh, you know, my persuasion and my belief is that, you know, there are people that fit what it is that you're looking for. And there are people that are compatible with you, that are good fits with you. And I don't necessarily believe in the such concept as they're the one for me. But I do believe in the concept. And we talked about this earlier that. There are people that fit and there are the missing halves. There's Adams that their their Eve is there. Their that rib of theirs is there. That 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 ex, that extremity that's been taken from them is there and, and it fits. And so you need to just be aware of that and and you need to know. So you need to pray separately and then you need to pray together. And I mentioned this before to you. Pray before every date. Pray after every day, especially after the date, especially if you're dropping each other off late at night at home. You need to be praying so that you don't, your hands don't get to wandering and so you don't get into stuff that you don't need to be getting into. You need to pray at the end of every day. That's extremely, extremely important that you do that. The other thing you want to do is you want to commit this to fasting. The purpose of fasting is that fasting crucifies our flesh so that we decrease that he might increase and through our fasting the lord can provide very clear instruction very clear guidance very clear information to us as to how we are to walk out the steps that he has already preordained for us in our life and that is extremely crucial that we um that we understand fasting is important you need to set aside a day a week where you're fasting as to whether or not this is the right relationship for you and allow god to speak to you once god speaks you move on and you continue to move forward in those things concerning your relationship. Uh, um, the next thing that you want to do is remember, we already looked at this in Proverbs, that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. You need to discuss duties that are going to be happening in the household. Who's going to be cooking? Who's going to be cleaning? And we talked about this a little bit in last session. Who's going to be cooking? You know, who's going to be cleaning? Uh, who, who Who's going to be responsible for, for discipline? You know, and let me say both parents, it is a good practice that both parents are involved in uh, discipline. That is a great practice that both parents are involved in the discipline of children. But those are things, again, that you need to set up up front. Uh, and even really, you know, before marriage is happening, if there are children involved, you need to set those kinds of things up up front um you know questions like if there's a as a stepfather situation what are they going to call him are they going to call him you know dad are they going to call him jerry you know whatever his name is you need to set those kinds of things up up front so that everyone is on the same page as it relates to the expectations of what's going to be happening in the family and then once you know what's going to be happening there, and of course, as you start to plan uh, your wedding ceremony and those kinds of things, you need to make sure that you have the blessing of your local pastor. You want to make sure that your local pastor blesses and endorses and believes in the relationship. And if your pastor is someone that you believe in and trust that they uh, you know, speak and represent the, the Lord, 
in your life, then it's important that you that you that you stand as a, as a representation uh, and, and stand and listening to what it is and what counsel they may have to provide for you in uh, your relationship. That's extremely critical. That's extremely important. A lot of people get married, and I've had people in congregations and you know and, and people that I've pastored that get married and and they they go outside of the the you know of uh, of me in order to 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 have that relationship and listen you're grown you can do what it is you feel you need to do but all of those relationships have ended uh, in a negative fashion and any relationship you can't have your pastor know about and you can't have your pastor to bless and your pastor to uh, to to uh, really endorse that relationship then it's a relationship you really don't need to be in anyhow because if you if you fear what your pastor is going to say, that means that you really know it's not something you should be doing anyhow. And, you know, a lot of times I've seen people destroy their lives of that because of that fact right there that they won't allow their pastor to be involved with that relationship. And so they make decisions and those kinds of things for their life. And uh, and all of those relationships, 99 percent of them end in a in, in a fashion that, you know, it's almost like one of those. Well, I, you know, uh, you know, and you don't say this, but you're thinking, I told you so. And, and I'm going to tell you up front as you're going through this last session for your premarital counseling up front, you want to know and you want to be involved with your pastor concerning your relationship. If they don't bless it, there's a reason why. And you need to you need to discuss with them those reasons. If you operate now. Now, let me say this. There may be those listening that don't have a church that they go to. And maybe you watch us through TV. And so we're your church through TV. I want to say this to you, that it, again, is important that whoever's going to be performing your ceremony, that they meet with you, that they talk with you. Any respectable minister is going to want to meet with the bride and the groom prior to a ceremony and to discuss with them, you know, the ceremony, but to discuss with them and make sure they're prepared to be married. That's very, very important. Many times you can think you're ready to be married and you're not. And you can end up, again, costing yourself years. There's been people where I've told that's not what you need to do and then oh bishop no i know i know i feel this in my spirit this that and the other and you know six years later seven years later there's a oh yeah bishop you were right and it's not about me being right it's not about man being right but it is about you understanding that that god has given you a pastor a leader a minister what have you uh in order to be able to speak into your life and and uh, many times they will see things that you can't see and maybe you attend a church where you you're not able to get to your senior pastor to to have uh him or her to bless that relationship you need some minister to do that because it's very important for your relationship all right so i want to encourage you in those things that's going to help you to walk in favor and to keep the passion alive in your relationship again we've talked about the wife respecting the husband and the husband giving to the wife the honor that is due to her as well and so those are things that are going to keep favor alive in your relationship here are some things that you need to watch out for in your relationship that are very 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 big things the number one cause of divorce is finances and and i seem to differ a little bit i don't think the number one reason for divorce is finances i think the number one reason for divorce is a lack of communication about finances and so i want to encourage you up front you have to have a good communicating relationship with one another 
I cannot trust that enough. You must have a good communicating relationship with one another. If you two don't communicate well now, you need to wait. Don't be rushing into no relationship. Learn how to communicate. Learn how each other speaks. In a relationship, you have to learn how to love one another. You got to learn how to love one another. And again, I've said this in the previous sessions that she may receive love different than your ex-girlfriend did, different than your ex-fiance did, different than, you know, uh, an ex-relationship did. And the same with him. He may receive love and those kinds of things far differently than uh, than you do uh, and than you've seen someone else do. And so you need to talk got to communicate and we've I, I keep emphasizing this this is the biggest piece to a successful relationship and that is communication and i put number one is finances because again that's the number one reason that people divorce uh but it's it's again i think it's communication about the finances she's spending money he's spending money nobody knows what's going on nobody planned nobody talked about it they just saw each other had those big eyes you know like the cartoons those eyes popped out of their head and then they just their heart started pumping out of their chest y'all seen the cartoons and now they're saying, okay, now, you know, seven days later, now we're getting married. We know it's God's will to do it. And you're just lying. It's not God's will to do it. And you haven't discussed. You haven't planned. You haven't prepared. Anything that is worth keeping, it is worth waiting for. Say that again. Anything that is worth keeping is worth waiting for. And so everything that comes to us um, easily and everything that comes to us without any work, normally we don't value those kinds of things because we didn't have to do anything. There was no blood, sweat, and tears involved with that. But if you've got to work hard and you've got to be diligent with something, generally we'll respect and we'll honor those things more and that's how you have to do in a relationship you are a king men and women you are queens and so kings and queens just don't give themselves freely they are are they are uh, uh, people that understand their position they are people that understand their royalty and you are royalty to god you are not some loser you are not uh, just some person that god is thinks is insignificant you are significant to god the fact that you are listening to this cd today and you're still living is proof that you are significant to god today and you need to understand that you are royalty you are a king you are a priest you are something to god and since you mean something to god that means that you've got to make wise decisions concerning your relationship so again number one in keeping the passion alive and walking in that favor is you've got to communicate about your finances number two you have got to communicate and again notice you'll hear communicating a lot in these points you have got to communicate about feelings got to communicate about feelings uh what happens a lot of times is that someone will be wounded in a relationship and not bring it up and then months or weeks later something happens and then something comes out as a result of that and i've seen that many times i've seen where a woman will be hurt back in january and she'll let it stay in and she'll let it fester and she'll let it build up and hurt turns into bitterness bitterness into unforgiveness and that whole cycle just repeats itself. And then what ends up happening, it becomes cancerous. And then you end up hating the person that you say that you love simply because you got hurt and you did not communicate about it. You need to communicate. If something happens that hurts you, you need to communicate about it and be willing to listen to one another. Be willing to understand one another. Don't just shrug it off and say, well, this is just how I am and I don't care how you feel. Because if you don't care how they feel, somebody else will. 
And you don't want to be involved in that. And normally that brings me to my next point. Three, communicate when you're unsatisfied. Communicate when you're unsatisfied or unfulfilled in relationship. If, if there's something about your relationship that's not fulfilling, you communicate about it. But do it in a loving, respectful manner. Don't say, oh, you know what? I'm just really not in You know, I hate being around you or whatever. That's not going to achieve anything. You need to communicate about being unsatisfied in the relationship. Normally, when men cheat in a relationship, it is not because they are normally cheating with someone that looks better or someone that, that, you know, provides them any more sexual stimulation than their wife. Most times when a man cheats, it's because there is some kind of emotional stimulation that is being provided. And the woman he cheats with is normally providing something he's not getting at home and vice versa for the woman as well. Most times, if you look and you and you actually study, I know the movies make it look a little different, but in real life, uh, most times when people are cheating and there's infidelity in a relationship, uh, it is normally connected to and normally tied to the fact that a need's not being met at home. And that need could be emotional. Again, I've shared this with you that men sometimes can be have more low self-esteem uh, than women do. And so it's important that a woman is constantly encouraging her husband, constantly encouraging a man. You look great in that shirt. You know, look, have you been working out? You know, he ain't been in the gym in eight years. But you got to say to him, so, have you been working out? Oh, you looking sexy. Oh, that looks good. Oh, I tell you, I sopped you up with a biscuit. Listen, you got to say those kinds of things. I know, you know, you're saying, wow, Bishop, you know, this is. And this is sort of in-depth, but I want it to be in-depth because I want your relationship to work. I want you to be able to write me a letter after listening to these CDs, and I want you to be able to say, you know what, Bishop? We listened to those CDs, and I'm going to tell you what. We got, our, we got our relationship in order, and then we got married. And now we've been married for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, what have you, and it has just been a blessing. I want to be able to read those kinds of letters from you. I don't want to read letters from you talking about well, you know, it was very vague and we didn't understand anything. And so, uh, you know, our relationship has ended. No, I want your relationship to be successful. So you need to communicate about being unsatisfied in the relationship. All right. So you got those points so far. Communicate about finances, communicate about emotions or feelings, communicate about lack of satisfaction. Fourth thing you need to communicate about this. And, and here's sort of the, the wrapper up for this. You need to communicate about everything. I teach my staff in ministry a principle called the principle of overcommunication. The principle of overcommunication is important because most breakdowns in a business, most breakdowns in a ministry, most breakdowns in a relationship, most breakdowns in and, and even vehicles, everything um, is a breakdown in communication. If your car battery starts acting up, what is that a breakdown of? Now, we say mechanics, but a mechanic would tell you it's a breakdown. Something is not communicating well with something else. The, 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 this, this left side cell of the battery is not communicating with the right side of the battery, or the cables aren't communicating well with one another. Uh, if you've got brake problems, now we'll say, well, something's wrong with my brakes. Well, you talk to a brake specialist, and they will say to you that it's normally some kind of breakdown in communication of something and something's wearing down those kinds of things and so through that it's important that you learn how to over communicate in your relationship here's what the principle of over communication says it says i'm going to speak i'm going to allow you to listen and then i'm going to make sure that you clearly understand what i say the way i'll know you understand what i say is because you repeat it back to me in what the way you heard see uh, listen to this. Let me say let me say a statement and then I want you to everybody's going to hear something different. I want to prove the point to you. 
Jesus is a loving, caring, and nurturing God. All right, that's the statement. Now, depending on your background, when you heard me say that, you thought of all kinds of different things. Some people thought of that and said, no, he's not loving. No, the God I'm familiar with, he's mean because Mama and you and them always used to teach me that if I messed up, I was going to get struck by lightning. What, what happened there? You based it off of your background. I said one statement, but you saw and heard something different. Somebody listened to that same statement and heard, wow, that is so true. God loves me so much. He's embracing me right now. God cares about me. Hallelujah. I'm in love with the Lord. What happened? You heard that statement based on your background. Does that make some sense? Uh, let me give you another statement that's a little bit more closer to the subject matter. All men are dogs. All right. Now, if you have come from a background where you've experienced an abusive relationship with a man or, or a relationship where you saw a man to be a dog, guess what? You just said, amen, preach, bishop. <laughs> I, I know you're laughing down now, but watch this. If you come from a background where you are, you've not been in that kind of relationship, you say, wait a minute, that's not true. And then if you're a man, you're saying, come on, Bishop, what are you doing? <laughs> Does that make some sense? I said one statement, but three different kinds of responses could be generated. And the principle of overcommunication says, let me make sure that I clearly communicated what I'm trying to say to you, not what you think you hear me saying. And that is so vitally important in a relationship, so vitally important in a ministry, so vitally important in everything we do. And when you speak to your spouse, you need to speak to them and say, hey, this is what this is, you know, what I'm saying. ABC, lay it out. Now, what did you hear me say? And they need to repeat that back to you. And people people that are immature won't do it. People that are immature won't communicate that way. Oh, no, I know what you said. I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not a child. We're not in school. Guess what? You are immature. If you won't repeat it so that you can make sure you got a clear understanding of what's being said, you are not going to have a good relationship because you're not going to be able to communicate well. You've got to communicate. You've got to be able to say, this is what's going on. You've got to be able to communicate about your finances. That way you won't be one out of every two divorces, divorcing because of finances and lack of communication about satisfaction and lack of communication about feelings. You have got to communicate. You don't want to be a statistic. Amen. And every day you need to thank God. If you're dating a good person now and you're engaged to a good person now, thank God for them. Thank God for their good traits. And guess what? Pray over those traits that you see the Lord needing to change. Most of the times in a relationship, uh, uh, what God is trying to do is he's trying to get something to change in you. And while you're fussing and fighting and mad at the world and trying to get the, your spouse to change, guess what? Many times God is saying, I'm allowing this to happen because I need something to change in you. I need you to become a person of prayer. I need you to become a person of strength. I need you to become a person that's serious about uh, the things that God has ordained. Amen. So through that, it's very important that you do that. And I, I want to just give you a couple more pointers here. Uh, uh, Men, and again, some things that I've already covered. I just want to drive home. Men, you should be praying and covering. Even if you're not married yet, you should be praying and covering your spouse to be. You should be praying and covering her. Every day with the water of the word. You should be praying and covering your children. You're speaking life into them, not death into them. Don't say things to your wife like, oh, you're stupid or that was dumb or what kind of woman does that or what kind of wife does that. Don't say those kinds of things. You know what? You will eat 
the fruit of your lips. You're going to eat what it is that you've been speaking. And sometimes you'll be snared by your own words. Never say, I wish if you're in a relationship right now, never say, oh, I wish I could be with somebody else. Guess what? Because one day you may just be with somebody else. And guess what? You may realize, you know what? I had a great thing now. And I or I had a great thing then, and I wish I would have just shut my mouth. Please understand, we're snared by the words out of our mouth. Speak life over one another. Stop calling each other stupid, and stop calling each other names, and stop making fun of one another. Speak life over one another. Speak life into one another. Amen. That's very important. The next thing is don't involve. Don't involve. I know I'm giving you lots of points here. Don't involve people that don't need to be involved. See, you'd be surprised that, you know, uh, uh, 80% of a woman's friends could be living her relationship because everything that goes on in that relationship, she's sharing with a friend. And while there are some things that women need to share and, and that it's important that women share, there are some things that need to stay private. You are not one flesh with the world. You are one flesh with your husband you are one flesh with your spouse and that's for men too because men you know they'll go out and they'll be out with the men and be out hanging out with the fellows and oh let me tell you about what my wife's doing let me tell you if listen if you do that you're going to involve people in your relationship that don't need to be involved and many times cases of infidelity that involve close friends come because you, uh, a spouse told all their friends all their problems. And so a spouse that was trying to infiltrate and get in that relationship saw that as an opportunity to, to capitalize on that. And you don't want that happening in your relationship. You want your relationship to last. Amen. Amen. So that's um, that's very important. Now, the. Uh, thing I want to do here real quick is I want to talk about some character traits of different people that you may come in contact with and things to look for so that you know what you are dealing with. All right. I'm going to give you some different traits of people to look for so that you know what it is that you're dealing with. Here's why that's important. Because again, uh, sometimes we can be dating a person, but watch this. We, we, we got to understand that there are spiritual forces behind different things. And we've got to understand that uh, um, we, we've got to be able to discern and have a spirit of discernment. And discernment comes through understanding. It comes through experience. And so it's extremely important that you understand it. So I'm going to give you some traits of things to look out for, for people that are dating. And so if you see these traits, these are things you want to pray about in the person that you're dating. The first person I want to talk about is Jezebel. Now, Jezebel is uh uh is a you know it's an it's an evil familiar spirit uh but people with that spirit of Jezebel it's typically a woman but they're also uh men because spirit uh spirits aren't limited to a particular sex because spirits are they're 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 asexual there's no sex there and so uh through that uh you got to understand that Jezebel her goal and her I'm saying because the spirit of Jezebel was originally a woman that and that spirit has lived on today it's always control if you're dating someone that always wants to control everything watch out for that it is intent that spirit is intent on getting what it wants all right and that means they'll do whatever they got to do to try to get control and dominate arrange and try to fix everybody they to them they're right and everybody else is wrong watch out for that number two uh, that Jezebel spirit, it it attacks, controls, dominates, and manipulates, especially male authority. Uh, we got to understand, if you understand the story of Jezebel, Jezebel was married 
to a man called Ahab. And we'll talk about Ahab in just a moment. Ahab was a weak man that allowed her to live and allowed her to control the kingdom through him. She was the queen, uh, unrightfully so, because Ahab was a Hebrew king, an Israelite king. But she was the queen, and she conducted business as if she was the king. In fact, recently they found a seal of Jezebel, which is out of order because the king uh, only, uh, in most instances, had a seal. Uh, you know, a seal that you'd stamp to say this is from the office of the king, something like that. Uh, so it's important that you look out for that. Jezebel causes fear and discouragement and flight. Jezebel will send even the very strongest people, but make them feel intimidated and make them feel weak. Jezebel's spirit is nat they're naturally leaders, uh, and they're they're naturally people that that have the ability to leave, lead, lead, uh, but many times they pervert that leadership. Jezebels are insecure and wounded with pronounced ego needs. Their egos are very important to them. And for them, they feel if you violate their ego, that something's wrong. Now, if you're hearing some of these things and you're saying, wow, I'm saying that you need to begin to pray about these things. That doesn't mean you're dating a Jezebel. Let me don't don't go there. That's not what I'm, the point of me sharing this information is. The point of me sharing this information with you is so that you can watch out for these particular character traits. Jezebels are very subtle and very deceptive. Uh, they intend to get what they want at all costs, and many times they'll disguise what it is that they're doing. Jezebels are proud. That means they're full of pride. They're independent, and they are rebellious. Many times they will present themselves to be very spiritual people, but their spirituality is often a cloak, uh, of, uh, of, and it's cloaking witchcraft. Because it's rebellion. They're trying to control. And so they may pray, but they're praying so that they can get control. They're praying so that they can have an, an edge. Does that make some sense? They may they may be good givers, but they're giving only so that they can gain influence. All right. Number uh, The next point about a spirit of Jezebel, it takes an Ahab to let Jezebels be effective and operate unchallenged. Now, let's talk about Ahab. Ahab was a weak man. He was a very, very, very weak man. And uh, Ahab would allow Jezebel to operate out of order. Jezebel used sexual immorality. She did all kinds of crazy things. And Jezebel could only live while the king Ahab allowed her to live. And so you may see this again. Remember, these spirits aren't limited. So the, the, you may be dealing in a situation where a man is, is dealing with that spirit of Jezebel and, and the woman is the Ahab. She allows it to happen. You've got to control that. And the way you control that is through prayer. You don't want to get into a relationship once you see these character traits and say, okay, now I'm going to fix them. No, you need to get these things knocked out before you do. Next thing, Jezebel is a religious spirit. Jezebel uh, 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 called herself actually a prophetess. She called herself someone that 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 heard from God, uh, but she had false discernment. She she was seeking self promotion. She was seeking to cause a schism, and you got to watch out for that. And the next thing, uh, and the last point I'll share about Jezebel, the spirit of Jezebel. Um, you can normally see the spirit of Jezebel because their families are out of order. That means normally, uh, you know, you come into situations where uh, the woman is, is leading the man or you come in a situation where there is no man there. And then what ends up happening is that this spirit gets access there. And you want to watch out for that kind of thing. You want to watch out for that. Uh, and, 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 and again, you do that through praying. All right. You do that through praying. Prayer is the key. Now, the next thing that I want to talk about. Uh, and some spirit to look out for is you want to look out for the spirit of Adam. 
Uh, and what I mean by that is Adam. Look out for those character traits. Adam was, again, a man that, that was not on his post. He was not standing. And he was a man that always blamed people. You want to watch out for someone that's always blaming people for everything. And you want to pray about that. If you see those character traits, doesn't mean that you're not supposed to be with that person. It just means that you need to pray and let that situation work itself out prior. Again, there's no such thing as marrying a perfect person. So that's not what I'm trying to share this information for. I'm sharing this information so that you're aware. The next thing to look out for is Eve. Uh, uh, Eve characteristics. Remember, Eve was easily deceived. Even though she knew what the truth was, she still chose to transgress Eve was easily deceived and you want to watch out for people that are easily uh, deceived you want to watch out for people that are very gullible you want to watch out for that the next kind of person that you want to watch out for I'm just throwing a few out there obviously I won't get to cover all of them there'd be so many people in the scriptures that I couldn't cover them but I want to cover some big ones for you the next one is Cain you want to watch out for people that do not have good relationships within their family. Uh, and that doesn't mean that their families are bad people. Uh, and, you know, sometimes they'll try to present the case like they're the victim and really the family's the victim. And in some cases, the, you know, the, that person may actually be the victim. The key is you want to watch out for someone that will stab his brother in the back. You want to watch out for people that have low self-esteem issues you want to watch out for people that will do whatever it is that they can do in order to see that their brother is held down you want to watch out for those kind of people amen it's very very important next thing is you want to watch out for people like moses now again all of these people have pros and they have cons but i just want to cover and moses will be the last one um, that i cover uh, as it relates to just looking out for certain people but moses was a person who was an enabler you want to watch out for people who are an enabler moses was an enabler because moses always allowed the, the children of israel to get away the lord would say you know what moses i'm getting ready to 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 deal with these people they're they're not respecting you you know moses was the leader they weren't respecting him they were talking about him and the lord said i'm going to deal with him and moses would then go pray and he would enable them not to have to grow up and that ended up costing the tools of israel severely because they never were forced to mature because moses was an enabler and generally speaking that typically comes with uh with a woman a woman sometimes can enable her children, especially young boys. And you've got to learn and allow people to grow into what it is that God has ordained and created for them to walk in. Uh, and the very last thing that I want to do uh, in this session is I want to give you some names of God. I want to give you some practical tools um, that uh, that you can pray uh, as you're looking at your relationship uh, and just some things that you can have along with you that will help you again there is no one size fits all relationship uh, you can read as many books as you want on the subject and at the end of the day you're going to need to find out some things that work for your relationship one of the things I want to say before I jump into these names of God is that it is extremely imperative that in your relationship um, that you have coping mechanisms and what I mean by coping mechanisms is this you need to have certain things set up that you will deal with issues. You need to have a certain way set up that you will cope with life's stresses. Uh, life can sometimes be stressful. It can be filled with issues. We've already looked at that. But you, need, as individuals, need to have a way to cope. And that way to cope does not need to be 
taking it out on one another. And most people get mad at the world, but they come home and take it out on their spouse. They come home and take it out on the people that they love. They can be nice to everybody else out in the world, but the people that really love them and really care about them, they can sometimes treat them poorly. And you don't want to be that way. You want to treat your family right. So you need to have a coping mechanism. When things get tough, maybe you need to go work out. Or maybe you need to go on a jog. Or maybe you need to go on a run. Or maybe, you know, do something productive. Don't go eating because eating, you know, we, we, you don't, you don't want to eat yourself out of stress and out of those kinds of things. But you need to have a coping mechanism. Obviously, you want to pray. Obviously, you want to worship God and give it to the Lord. But you need to have a coping mechanism that's going to help you to deal with life that doesn't make your children pay for what you're going through that doesn't make you pay for what you're going through and doesn't certainly make your spouse or God pray for what you're going through last thing I want to give you in this session and I've had a great time with you I hope you had a great time and certainly I encourage you need to listen to these CDs over and over again remember these are like counseling sessions this wasn't me preaching to you this was counseling sessions to help you this is what some of the sessions that people would go through uh, if they came to our church and went through premarital and so I want to encourage you that's what this is for you now praying some of the names of God as you're praying here's what you look to God for he is El Elyon he's the most high God He's far above all principalities, mights, and dominions. When you're praying, I want you to pray these things, Lord, that he is these things to you. And in your relationship, he's the most high God, meaning God is above your relationship and God is the head of your relationship. He is Elohim. He's the God of creation. He's the creator of the universe, the heavens, the earth, and the world. Watch this. He's the great creator. And I believe that if you're listening today and you've got that other half to you that's listening with you, God created that person just for you. I believe that if you plan and work your relationship and as long as you love one another and you are, are believe in one another, you believe in what one another have been called to do. And you believe in what one another and what one another are anointed to do. God has created that person just for you. Just like he created Eve. Eve was a custom made just for Adam. And today, if you're listening and if you commit to making your relationship all that God wants it to be, it can be a custom made for you as well. The next thing. Yes, El Shaddai. He's the God of much more. Guess what? We read in Ecclesiastes, there's going to be times where you lose some money. I don't care if you're a millionaire, a billionaire, or a trillionaire listening to this uh, CD right now. There's going to be some deals where you lose money. There's going to be some times where you lose money. And guess what? Your God is the God of more than enough. He's the all-sufficient God who will supply your need. You don't have to worry about there being lack in your relationship because God is the supplier. Next, he is Jehovah. He's the great I am. He exists in your relationship. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's the Lord, your peace. And that's all Jehovah means. It means the Lord. He's the Lord, your peace. He's your peace in your relationship. He's going to give you all peace when you feel like arguing with one another. And you need to pray that. When you feel like arguing and finding, wait a minute, we call Jehovah Shalom. You are the Lord, my peace. These are just attributes about the God we serve. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's your banner. He's your high tower. That means that he's your victory. Does that make some sense? He gives you victory over sin, over sickness, over poverty, over every enemy in your relationship. God gives you victory. He's Jehovah Jireh. We know this one. He is the Lord, your provider. Guess what? God provides all your needs. Not your job, not your boss, not your company. God is your provider. He is your source. He's Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord that heals you. 
guess what? He can heal you from every past hurt, from every past pain, from every past thing that you've dealt with and every past thing that you've walked through. He can heal you from that. He's Jehovah Sidkenu. He's your righteousness. Guess what? You're not marrying a perfect person. And guess what? The other person looking at you, and they ain't perfect either. But guess what? We do serve a perfect God. And that God, he's given us his righteousness. We are in right standing with God because of that. He covers your relationship. He's Jehovah Makadesh. He's the Lord, your sanctification. In other words, that just means that he is the Lord that's covered you in his blood. He's the Lord that's redeemed your relationship. This is not an unusual, or this is not rather a usual relationship. This isn't just another relationship. This isn't just another marriage. This is a marriage that God has sanctified. He's set apart. And you need to know if you're engaged or dating now, maybe you are listening and you're already married. You need to thank the Lord that he set your relationship apart. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's always there for you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Guess what? The same God that was around 6,000 years ago, guess what? He's the same God that's here today. He never changes. He's Jehovah Sabaoth. He's the Lord of hosts. That means he's the Lord that does battle for you. Guess what? You don't have to do battle against each other. Guess what? You don't want to stand fighting each other. You want to stand back to back fighting the works of the enemy. You all have got to stand together, working together as a team. He's Jehovah Rohi. That means he's the Lord, your shepherd. He is your shepherd. He leads you. He guides you and he watches all of over your ways. And finally, he is Adonai. He's a sovereign God. You know what sovereign means? Sovereign means that God is in control. There's nothing going on that God is not aware of. Please understand your life, God is aware of. Did you know that you're so important to God that he numbered the hairs on your head? Well, I want to encourage you in your relationship. You've received some great teaching that's going to help you. You obviously have to take the next step. You were given some instructions in each one of these classes, and you have to be the person and have to be the people that are going to take these steps to the next level. You've got to ensure that you all get that STD testing. It's very important. It's very important that you know whether or not you're dealing with someone that needs to be treated. Sometimes many STDs, they don't show any symptoms. You need to know that. And don't let them tell you, well, I've never, I've only slept with one person. I've only done, no. Get the test. What's wrong with being sure? It's not a lack of love. In fact, remember, God's people are destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. And if you do find that you, that you, the person you're dating does have some STDs, or perhaps is affected by uh, by HIV. And certainly we don't pray or desire that for anyone. But maybe you do find that out. Then your question becomes, well, Bishop, now what do I do? Now you've got a decision to make. But now you knew the facts. You got the information. And it's much better to have the information so that the person that finds out that they can pursue living a healthy life and living a life we know that god is our healer remember we just looked at those scriptures i just gave you those names of god so that you could be to begin to speak those things over your relationship and so that's very important it's important that you do that uh it's important that you uh that you certainly uh, get your credit reports together and you follow all those steps that I gave you already. It's important that you all meet one another's families and that your families meet and that parents meet and that everyone meets. Now, everyone may not get along. And guess what? Everybody doesn't have to get along. But you want to know those things up front. I see so many times where families will not meet until the day of a wedding. And, uh, and, and it can be a very messy situation. And next, let me say this to you. If you have been... 
believing God and you believe God has brought you someone and I've said this before and I'll end with this anything worth keeping is worth waiting for do not rush your relationship you've got plenty of time if you love one another guess what that means you've got time you've got time to plan you've got time to prepare so that your relationship can be all that you desire it to be and maybe you're listening and you say you know Bishop we've made some mistakes in our relationship we've had some issues we've had sex already or we've done some things we shouldn't have done guess what get it up under the blood ask for forgiveness repent from it turn from it don't do it again turn from it but guess what it's a brand new day today and I want to leave you with that folks it's a brand new day I pray that these premarital counseling sessions have been a blessing to you remember these are all things you want to know before you say I do Get your hand on some more resources from our online store. Get your hand on some good uh, teaching resources from other ministries, from your local church. I want your marriage to be a success. Now, lastly, after listening to these, if you go ahead and marry, I want you to send us a letter. Now, you've got in the packaging that you got this product with, all of our ministry contact information is there. I want you to send me a letter. Sit down and write a letter to Bishop Kevin Foreman, and I want you to put on there, Dear Bishop, we listen to your CDs, and I want you to tell me what happened with that relationship. Maybe you found out some things. Maybe you found, guess what? I was dating uh, someone wanted on the, on the IR, or not the IRS, but the uh, FBI's most wanted list. And, hey, I, from what I hear, the IRS has got one, too. And maybe this has saved you from making a bad decision by listening to these courses. Write me a letter. I want to know about that. Friends, I am praying for you. I'm going to pray this final prayer. In this closing session. Now, you may be listening and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to give you the opportunity to know him. And if you're listening and you're a couple, I want you to grab hands and I want to pray together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the work that you've done today. We thank you, Lord, that this couple that's listening or this individual that's listening, God, that you would begin to touch their life in a greater way. Father, I thank you that you have ordained that they might walk in the fullness, Father, of the abundant life. I thank you, Lord, that I'm speaking to great people. I'm speaking to people that you've got purpose in and you've got a plan for their lives. God, I thank you. If you're listening and you don't know Jesus, say this with me. Say, Father, I repent of my sin. I'm sorry for serving other gods. I'm sorry for doing wrong. I'm sorry for running from you. I repent. I don't want to run anymore. I want to give my life to you. You are my God. You are my king. Father, I ask that you'd come into my heart and make my life brand new. I'm going to choose to stop doing those things that I know are wrong. I'm going to change some of the friends that are around me. I'm going to change my surroundings. It's a fresh start. And I've got to make a committed effort to change my life. You come into my heart. Make me brand new. I want to be a new life. I want to have a new day. Father, I just pray over the relationships and couples that are listening right now. Give them wisdom. Give them guidance. Give them discernment as to what you'd have them to do. I thank you, Lord, that you've ordered their steps. The steps of a good man have been ordered by the Lord. We thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I love you. This concludes session four, the final session of Before You Say, I Do. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. 
but nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.